Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Nostalgia Mixtape, a podcast that celebrates all things that give us nostalgic feels from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, as well as new pop culture events with a throwback twist. I'm your host, Ty Gooden. Hello, world. This is your girl, Chris Tatum. And today, we are going to be talking about the effect that the 80s is currently having on pop culture. But before we get into all that good stuff, please make sure you follow us on all the socials. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod. And you can also keep the conversation going with hashtag Nostalgia Mix Pod. If you have any reaction to what we're saying, any additional thoughts of your own, or anything that's going on that you want to bring to our attention, please make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and rate our podcast. We can also be found on Podbean. So, Christina, what is going on with you today? How is your day going? We're recording early, so it's actually the 4th of July. So, how's your day? Day's going pretty well. Can't complain too much. I have to work later, which is... Surprisingly, it's not going to suck because it's going to be dead after about 6 o'clock. Which is great. Um, Plus, it's time and a half, so that makes it even better because it's a holiday. Um, And it's been pretty chill. I have... (laughs) It's also Captain America's birthday, so I've been retweeting a bunch of Chris Evans gifts on the internet because it's funny. <laughs> oh gosh! Um, nobody really cares about the Fourth of July, but it's Captain America's birthday, right. and he looks like the hundred-year-old man he is now. So that's always awesome. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's pretty much been my day—just chilling, preparing for uh, doing this show, and just kind of relaxing before having to go to work. How's your day? It's been a long day, so we decided, I know, but I woke up early this morning because we actually started on our summer bucket list that we're doing with the kids. And so like the first thing that we wanted to do was to take, you know, that little like patch of like grass area that we have in the front of our house that's right there by the window. Yes. So we took that whole area. We dug up all the weeds and everything out of there. and We actually planted flowers today. Oh, that's nice. It was. It was nice. Um. It was a little struggling because it was like the sun wasn't out and beaming on you today. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of good. But it's super, super humid here in Virginia. Mm-hmm. So and, you know, the kids aren't really used to being outside a whole lot. Like they're not they're not built like we were built as kids no, where <clears throat> you went outside and basically you was just out there all day long. Like mm-hmm. after they had been out there for a while, we had to take like a few breaks. They are not used to really like pulling things up and weeding and like working hard, basically. Mm-hmm. So it gave them a little lesson and some, you know, some hard work, got them digging in the ground and stuff. But our flowers look great. But it's so, going to be so much fun to watch things grow. So, uh, yeah. like, I've become a completely new person this year. It's really strange, especially over the last few months. Because I just, I've stopped now. But for, like, a good month, I just would not stop buying plants. Because I wanted to be a plant parent. Like, I wanted to be that person that's got, like, yeah. a whole bunch of plants all over the place. Um, and I have a... Like, I used to have a terrible tub, apparently, because I would kill everything that I had. Um, Same. And I don't know what it is. This year, I literally have, like, an entire front porch and, like, part of the front of the yard in front of the porch, like, just covered with plants. Herbs, flowers, other things. I have two different aloes. I have a sage. I have a rosemary. I have a Mm -hmm. mint that's growing, like, weeds all over the place. Um, Some stuff that my sister bought that I don't exactly know what it is but I'm taking care of it because she refuses to do so. Um, most of it I bought because I hate mosquitoes and like mint and lavender and things of that nature yes. like help ward off mosquitoes. And I'm mosquito bait and I hate it. Okay, that's what I need because I mosquitoes just, I don't know what it is. And I've heard that 
people that have typo blood attract mosquitoes more. Mm-hmm. And I do I have do. typo. So I don't know if that's like, I mean, I guess that's really a thing, but I can go outside with my whole family. We could be in the backyard, like chilling and stuff. And I will come in and be like scratching my skin off. Yes. And nobody else will have any bug bites. And I'm like, I what the heck? It. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Oh. I hate it. Like mosquitoes just got to go. Like in the apocalypse, they just, it's just. I don't even ahead. know why they're here. I don't either. Like, what purpose? <laughs> what do they do? Like, I totally understand bees. Like, bees are annoying, but they help yeah. with so many things, and they're useful. So, you know, we got to keep the bees alive. Why do mosquitoes exist? I just don't understand. They're an absolute public nuisance. Mosquitoes and gnats. I don't understand. They serve no purpose. They don't help the environment. And just, fruit flies. Also, They just bother people. Mm, Ugh, just fruit flies are just disgusting. But it'll be fun to watch, you know, things grow. You should definitely take some, yeah. like, before and after pictures. Like, take some pictures today. And then, like, in a month, take some more pictures to see how much everything has grown. Because um, that's been really fun for me, like, watching things get bigger. And, you know, I have yeah. an aloe plant that I just recently bought. And it's got, like, four extra stalks or whatever you want to call them now. So it's time for it to be repotted and put into something bigger so it can continue to grow and flourish and all that jazz. That sounds like fun. A that's summer awesome. bucket list. Yeah, I took some pictures today. So I took pictures of, like, the wild weed mess that we had there before Uh and then I took a picture after we had gotten all the weeds up and then I took our final picture I need a little bit more mulch down there but I took our final picture of all the flowers and everything but that's a good idea though I'm gonna have to take a picture of that like I've been taking pictures of some um portulacas that I have hanging on my front porch they're called portulacas that's a word you made up it is not. That is actually <laughs> what the plant is called. And Genesis picked them out and I was like, uh, okay. Because, I mean, they were kind of, they kind of look like a weed to me, like at first. But now they're starting to bloom and all these pretty flowers. One of them is actually striped and has like pink and yellow stripes on it. Oh, wow. And it's really pretty. Like, so she did good. She apparently was seeing something in those plants that I was not seeing at first. But, right. I mean, you know how it is with kids. You just, I was like, they're two for one. Just buy them. Mm-hmm. and. Let her have them. It, it makes their day. Like there's nothing. Right. There's no need to argue about it. But now I'm really glad I have them um, because they just brighten up the whole front of the house. It's just something. I don't know. Maybe it's something about being like in your 30s and you just start appreciating like nature and and plants and watching things grow and change and evolve. It's kind of a metaphor for your entire life at the yeah. end of the day when you think about it. Because like I don't know, the first couple of years of my 30s have been very transformative. It's like I. They've been transformative in a sense that, like, a lot of things that I used to think I don't think anymore or, like, mm-hmm. I have adjacent yeah. thoughts instead of feeling the exact same way. Maybe I veered off the path a little bit. Um, but it's also, like, a time of me being very grounded and rooted in who I am. Like, this is me. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, like, bad habits, but, like, this is who I am. This is my personality. This is what I believe in and what I want my life to be. And anybody that does it like that can kick rocks (laughs) it used to be like you kind of adapt to other people's expectations and now it's just like nope so uh, I get it now my mom always told me that she was like once you get into your 30s she was like and then it even ramps up even more in your 40s she was like you become free yeah to be yourself and to be who you are she was like like your 20s you're just trying to make it through and you're struggling and you're trying to figure Mm -hmm. out your path and what the heck Mm -hmm. do you want? She was like thirties. You kind of start getting into that and veering towards that. She was like, but then once you hit your forties, she was like, as a woman, you're just like in full stride. She was like, like that's when you really blossom and just become increasingly amazing. Exactly. I was having a conversation with my best friend. This we've had this conversation a couple of times, but like, you know, she just turned 30 last year. She'll be 31 this year. And Mm -hmm. 
you know, she's super happy. She's married. She's got a beautiful child. They just bought another house um, that is a little bit bigger because they're trying to have another. They're thinking about having another child. Um, And it's just like, you know, me and her have known each other for a decade or more now. And we've grown so much as individual people and grown so much as friends. And just like I told her one day, I was like, you are like the best version of yourself like right now like you are mm-hmm. the best ver- like my dream best friend is where you are right now like you are amazing and it's great seeing all my friends blossom and stuff like that which is probably why we're all becoming plant parents because we yes. like, <laughs> are into watching things grow now and like actively growing instead of just letting life kind of Knock your yeah, I've got all you. You're like how how I was. I like would kill everything. People used to buy me plants at like work and stuff at the office, and mm-hmm. I would hate it so much. And I'm like, please do not buy me a freaking plant. Buy me a bottle of wine. I know what to do with that. Yes, don't give me no plant because I don't know what to do with this. But now I've got like Christmas cactuses. I've got the portulacas. I've got plants in the ground now. I've got calla lilies. I've got sage because I actually make my own sage sticks. Um, really. So, you had to show me how to do that because I was thinking the same, thinking about doing that. But I was like, is it the same type of sage? How does one do this? I don't know. So. It's a it's a process. But and I've it. been I've been working through it and figuring out how to do it over the past. I've probably been doing it for a few months now um, and still trying to refine my process. But I wanted to make my own sage stick so that way I can make sure that the hands that have been touching it and that have prepared it are mine. You know, I like that a lot. Because that means the only spirit that's in there. Because I believe spirits are transferable like that. So the only spirit is in your mind. Right. Mm. So, yeah. Well, this has been a fun uh, (laughs) intro to the podcast today. That is so far off of our normal base. So moving on, guys, there will be no post chatter today, sadly. Um, We're recording. Yeah. And that's only because (laughs) there was no pose episode this week to talk about. Um, and we're recording early, so we're recording ahead of episode four. Um, by the time this comes out, episode four will be out. And all, all I can really say, of course, I won't spoil it because I know no one else has seen it. Christina hasn't seen it yet. I've seen it, but I saw it for work. Wow. Um, it's going to be, Christina will be live tweeting episode four, or she will have already live tweeted episode four by the time this comes out. And you guys will see exactly what I mean when I say, wow, like it is, it's a, it's a game changer. For sure. Mm, I don't know if so, I'm saying that. But we'll okay. have a lot to talk about mm-hmm. for our next episode. We'll probably be discussing episode four and possibly episode five, depending on when we when record. We record. Yeah. Um, so just kind of stay tuned for that. But rest assured that we're still going to be talking about Pose. We'll still be doing our recaps for that. Um, so for the nostalgia recap today, because we always have things, I purchased some baby fat. And I like it. Why would you do such a thing? <laughs> I just, I was curious, you know, because I saw what they were teaming up with Forever 21 or whatever. Right. I looked at the price point and nothing was over like 30 bucks. Well, that's good. So I was like, okay, so they're still making it affordable. Forever 21 seems to be like a, you know, a place that makes sense to have it available at. So I purchased one of the little tube tops and it's got like the rhinestones to say baby fat on this stuff. Okay. It's actually really cute. And I like it. I haven't had a chance to wear it yet. Um... And it was really, it got to the store super fast, like purchased online, got to the store like within a few days and everything. And so when I wear it, I'm definitely going to take a picture of myself in it and make sure that I share it on the Twitter page for you guys. But yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of excited about being able to purchase it. And I love that she's bringing this clothing line back. And mm-hmm. I just love those old lines and stuff that we came, that we came up with and we grew mm-hmm. up with starting to kind of circle its way back around in fashion. I kind of 
of wish that it had just never gone anywhere. Like, I don't really know what the circumstances behind baby fat not being a thing anymore right. is. Because um, I, I didn't wear a lot of it growing up. I'm fairly certain I probably maybe had like one or two things from baby fat in my entire life. But it was just always fun to, like, the clothes were just fun. Um, and, you know, Kamora Lee is gorgeous and her daughters are gorgeous. And so you would watch, like, the bits and pieces of the fashion show that you would get. And you would see her walking with her daughters at the end of it. It's just a beautiful thing. Um, it's, again, just fun and very nostalgic. Very on mm-hmm. brand for us. Um, so I'm kind of glad it's back. You know, I can't wait to... I hope it sticks around for a while. Because I Me too. will at some well, point buy something. Well, she said that they were going to start rolling. So I think someone asked Kimora on Instagram. They were like, you know, are there going to be more things in the future? Because I think there were some things that they wore in the promo, like that her daughters wore, that mm-hmm. weren't available yet. Okay. I think the biker shorts was one of them. Because I was looking for the black biker shorts to go with the tube top. And um, I noticed that they weren't available. But she said that they were doing like just a like a staged rollout of things. Okay. So I think there are definitely going to be more things in the future. And I mean, when I looked online and I ordered my stuff, there were a few things that were sold out already. Hmm. So, I mean, they're, they're obviously getting a good response. So I hope they stick around too. Well, we shall see. We'll see. Next thing I have is that Hot Topic. I, I, I got a lot of clothing stuff today. I don't know what's going on. But Hot Topic has a Toy Story line. So they've got a bunch of different like shirts with the characters on it and everything. A lot of the stuff is really fun. Um, right now it's on sale. I don't know how long it'll be on sale. Um, it's on sale, obviously, because today that we're recording is the 4th. And a lot of people do 4th of July sales. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But none of the stuff is really that expensive or anything. So I might pick up maybe a shirt or something like that. There were a couple of shirts there that I was like, I never thought I would want a Toy Story shirt, but I kind of want this. So I get some things. I don't know why. I just want to pick up all of the things. And again, I think that's the reason why they're doing this stuff is because they know that people are suckers for nostalgia. I've seen so many people, like it's obscene how many people I've seen walk up with Pizza Planet t-shirts to buy tickets to see a movie this week in the last few weeks. Like, mm-hmm. half the time, they're not always necessarily seeing Toy Story, but I've seen so many Pizza Planet t-shirts, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you seeing, like, a Marvel t-shirt or a comic book t-shirt with, like, a comic book character on it. Like, you know yeah. how frequently you see that? That's how many, that's how much I'm seeing Pizza Planet t-shirts from Toy that's Story. That's awesome. Um, which is kind of cool, and I'm low-key jealous, because I, like, almost want one. But Toy Story was never really my thing, but I think it's dope that, like, I also, lo- I'm one of those people that, like, loves the type of merchandise that's not necessarily like overt like i like marvel stuff but not all of my like marvel t-shirts have like the marvel logo all over it right sometimes it's a little more subtle so like you know with pizza planet like unless you've actually seen toy story you don't even know what it is you don't know what it is yeah Uh, i love stuff like that it makes me happy i do so i like it i might try it i was laughing at this uh photo that i saw of like a whole bunch of the movies that are out right now mm-hmm. <laughs> and somebody was like is it 1995 <laughs> or what's going on because it was like toy story and it had the, like the lion king coming and all of that stuff and everybody's like are we back in are like are we back in the past or what what the heck is happening right now and mm-hmm. i was like that's so true like so I, many of the things that are coming out this summer are throwback stuff exactly. or a new version of something that's throwback exactly it's i think i saw the same picture and the caption was like you're gonna confuse the time travelers and i'm just like <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it does. It's crazy. There's also um, another clothing line that Levi has that came out with that's Stranger Things based. Um, I looked up there and I really wasn't impressed. I felt like it was overpriced. Mm-hmm. 
And there really weren't a lot of things up there that really grabbed my attention. Like they had um, the trucker hat that one of the characters wears. That's really cute. Um, they had a camp shirt that that one character wears. I like that because, again, like you said, wearing that specific camp shirt or something. Or like when I wear my Stranger Things, I have a shirt, a hoodie that says like, you know, Hawkins Middle School, home of the upside down. And mm-hmm. if you don't watch Stranger Things, you don't know what that means. Yeah, because I have no idea what that means. Yeah, so they've got a couple of things up there. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. And then they've got one sweatshirt that just has like Stranger Things across the front. Um, they got another one that says 11. So there are a few things up there that are all right. But even the stuff mm-hmm. that I kind of like, it's just really expensive. Like the one sweatshirt that's like kind of thin and really plain with just letters on it, it's like 80 bucks. That's crazy. Right. Like, is and it I'm made like, out of gold? Apparently so. I don't know. Unless it's going to transport me to Hawkins. I'm not paying 80 bucks for that sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Like y'all tripping. But, I mean, I know it's a thing. Some of the stuff is already sold out. And mm-hmm. I am putting that information out there to you guys. Because right now, Stranger Things is the craze. Like, the new season is out today. And that's that's what people are going to be looking at, thinking about, talking about. Like, it's a, it's a thing. So, you know, now you know. You know, I've <laughs> noticed that, like, doing merchandise for a thing like that is hit or miss. Because sometimes you get it and you nail it and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's just awful. Like, I... <laughs> I tweeted Target one day because I was really mad at them because all of typically. So let's go back to me and my obsession with Marvel. Most of the Marvel t-shirts that I have are men's shirts because the men's shirts have the cooler designs. Right. And for me, the men's shirts fit better than the women's shirt where they kind of tuck it in at the waist. And I, I hate those kinds of shirts. Um, and I told them, I was like, first of all, you guys don't have any cool looking Marvel merchandise for women, which women watch those movies just as much as everybody else does right and you're right like all the shirts have the same cut to them yeah and i'm like not everybody wants to wear their shirt like that exactly wants their shirt to fit in that kind of way sometimes you just want a regular t-shirt exactly and they didn't have any marvel merchandise for plus size women which also like had me seeing red and i'm just like you can't do that you're you're literally leaving money on the table right um like make the shirts in women's and men's sizes or make them in unisex sizes. I got, so Reddit does this thing called Reddit gift exchange where you basically sign up for like a particular topic. Um, mm-hmm. They had like Marvel and game of Thrones and magnets and stationery and knitting and cross stitch and all this other stuff. And they pair you up with another person on Reddit and y'all like exchange gifts based on a little question there. They give you based on the topic and then you can like Ooh. check out their social media profiles and stuff like that. So last month, I did Magnets and Marvel, because Endgame is coming out, and mm-hmm. one of the things I got in the box from my Marvel person was an Avengers t-shirt, and it was like the perfect Avengers t-shirt ever, because the Avengers logo was on it, and it's outlined in gold, and it's like sparkly on the inside, like, Ooh, cool. perfect, perfect shirt for me, plus two enamel pins, which were really cute, um, but it was a Thor and a Loki uh, pen, and they're corgis instead of like human characters but they're dressed up like you know Thor and Loki they were adorable (laughs) um but like that shirt is perfect for me but there's not a lot of stuff that I feel fits all the time a lot of it is terrible or it doesn't look like the actual characters and they've done something with their face or again they don't have my size or they have it in a weird cut or uh anything anything like that like I just want yeah, and like when you they said, they're leaving money on the table. Exactly. Like, why are you not providing something in a wide range of sizes and styles and everything? Exactly. I don't get it. And, like, companies like Her Universe and Hot Topic are great because, you know, Her Universe specifically caters 
to women. Now they're getting into catering to men as well because they're so mm-hmm. good at what they do. But like even sometimes with them, like they had an issue a couple of like maybe last year where they made these jackets for, um, do you know the character Ahsoka from Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. So they made a jacket that looks like her outfit, but Ooh. something happened to where they couldn't make the jacket in plus sizes and so many people were pissed off about it. Um, because, you know, like the jacket looked dope. And yes, it's a little pricey, but it's like a, a faux leather jacket that is going to stand up over time. Right. Um, and they didn't make yeah, it I mean, it's anything that looks kind of cosplay or has like a cosplay ish type of thing to it. Sometimes you're going to shell out, especially if it has any type of leather or faux leather for it. Right. My I yeah. have a I have a cape that they did and it's designed to look like Loki um, and it's really dope. It's black and green and it's one of my favorite clothing items ever. That thing cost me $50 and it was $50 on sale. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, but I had to have it because I love Loki. Um, well, I can't talk. I mean, I don't even want to talk about like what I've paid for cosplay jackets and stuff. That's right. a whole, that's um, a whole nother topic. But I had to have it and it was like the last one in my size so I like had to, had to, had to have it. But I just want people, certain companies to step their game up a little bit more when it comes mm-hmm. to merch because like, as nostalgic as certain things are, you know, Stranger Things and, you know, us being fans of older things like Power Rangers and the Rugrats and Nickelodeon things, like, we're adults now. We right. have money. Give us the stuff that we want in the sizes that we wanted it. Right. And Why we would you come. not capitalize on that? Yeah. Like, and just make sure you got a wide come. variety of things, too. Like I said, with the Levi thing, I was just like, oh, this is it. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know again I don't know if they plan on rolling out more things but I'm like if this is what you chose to initially roll out like this is not making me feel very confident about what's to come exactly you know what I'm saying right. I just feel like they could have done so much more because I mean this show is massive mm-hmm. like it's a massive thing or whatever and you knew that you've got this partnership with them or whatever I mean you look at like Ego's like done stuff with them Burger King's got something going on now like Coke is bringing back new Coke that came out in 1985 when you know this season takes place or whatever like that's that's crazy like what are you doing right now you had I mean this is prime opportunity for you to be able to do something cool Mm -hmm. and they just kind of you know and right now you've got some competition out there because you just had like Wrangler that did like the big um, collaboration with Lil Nas X or whatever. So mm-hmm. this was your chance to shine. And it's like, eh, okay. And you just kind of, mm. <laughs> yeah, you fumbled, you fumbled the ball there, buddy. But it's there. So you guys can check it out. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. And then you could be the judge. I mean, my, my sense of style may not be like yours, but we'll see. We'll see what you guys think. Moving on from clothing things, now I'm going into cruise stuff, guys. So there are two cruises um, that are taking place next year. One of them, I don't think anybody's going to be able to get on anymore, but there's a Star Trek cruise with uh, Kate Mulgrew, who played uh, Captain Janeway. I loved her. She's yeah. one of my favorite characters. Well, they've got a whole bunch of, like, when you go to the website, and we'll have the link there for you guys. They've got a whole like ton of people like William Shatner and a whole bunch of other people that are going to be on this cruise or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like March of next year and it's pretty much already sold out. Of course it is. It's crazy, but it looks like a lot of fun. Like I watched some of the video from the cruise that they did earlier this year and I'm like, you know what? Like if you're a Trekkie, like a, a pretty hardcore Trekkie, and even if you're not hardcore, if you're just like a fan period, mm-hmm. it seems like it will be something really fun to do. Right. You just got to plan ahead and pretty much like be ready to pay for like the next year's cruise in like yeah. January of the year before. Or if you do like I did, like search the hashtag for the cruise because inevitably there's always somebody that can't go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I did that's my second idea. year on the Backstreet Boys cruise is I found somebody that couldn't go and just paid for their spot after the fact because I didn't have the money when it went on sale. 
Yeah. Um, well, the problem with things like that when perfect. they go on sale and they sell out so quick, it's like mm-hmm. this um, convention that I go to out in LA with Gallifrey. Like they sell the tickets usually in like April of the year before and it doesn't take place till February of the next year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen between now right. and then. Like stuff happens, people get sick, money gets tight, you know, all of that stuff. So yep. you're right. Yeah. You look out there to see who can't go anymore and you can slide into somebody's spot. Yeah, the the Backstreet Boys cruise typically goes on sale like a year and some change before the actual cruise. Because, I mean, it's a cruise, so you have to take time to pay it off because it's not a small amount of money to pay. Like, it's, it's right. it costs a little bit of money yeah. to go on those things. Um, but uh, at, at least they give you the entire year. But again, like you said, like, you never know what happened, what could happen between the time you purchase the ticket and the time mm-hmm. you go. And like you also said, they sell out very quickly. Almost every Backstreet Boys cruise I've been on is sold out in two days. So you got to be money in hand on ready day of and ready or right. by somebody else's spot. I mean, literally I broke my ankle two days before the Backstreet Boys cruise last year. Like crap yeah. happens. <laughs> like, I still went, still had a ball. But again, if you, if this is something that you're interested in, look in the hashtags and stuff like that on Twitter and Instagram and like see if there's a Facebook group because there's typically like a back we have a Backstreet Boys Cruise Facebook group see if mm-hmm. there's a Facebook group that you can join because like if you really want to go you can make it happen this year but you gotta be you gotta have your stuff together um, so yeah pro tips for yep. everybody Yep. So Star Trek cruise with Janeway. And then there is another cruise. And guys, I want to go on this one. Like, I'm not saying I don't want to go on the Star Trek one because I love Star Trek. But there is a Golden Girls cruise coming up in February 2020. I don't know exactly. Like when I was looking over the article and stuff, I, it wasn't really clear when tickets go on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it's going to be like a five day thing or something like that. Oh, that's though. nice. Um, and it's supposed to be around, I think, starting at like $1,000 per person, which I mean, for a fandom themed cruise isn't bad. That's actually pretty cheap. Yeah. And I kind of want to go for my birthday. I know I probably won't be able to make it happen because I'll literally be just coming back from um, L.A., Mm-hmm. But anything's possible. But like you go out of Miami and they said they're going to have like all these different like theme, you know, games and stuff like that. It just seems really cool. I know I'd probably be like the youngest person up there and maybe one of the few black people won't. up there. <laughs> I guarantee you, you won't. But I want to go. It looks like so much fun. And it's the Golden Girls. Like, And it also kind of makes me sad because I wish that they were still here to be able. Can you imagine yeah. how much fun they would have been on that cruise? It would have been sheer <laughs> I hate to keep getting us like off the beaten path, but like I love the tweets that I keep seeing now. You know, everyone's talking about Meg Thee Stallion and having a hot girl summer, and there's like, yeah, but the thirty plus crew the just golden had the golden girl, girl summer. summer, and I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's pretty my much summer. it. I, t- I, t- I sent Christina a text message a couple of days ago and was updating her on my golden girl summer. It was like the middle of the day, and I was <laughs> like, yeah. So I had just gotten off work at a at another job that I go to, and I was like, yeah. So I'm. Under a blanket in the AC, like drinking some, I don't even know what I was drinking. I think I was drinking like some kind of like flavored beer or some wine or something like that. And I'm like, I'm just chilling, watching TV and stuff. This is my go to girl summer. Goals. That's I as hot as I'm trying to be. Like I already, my, my hot girl summer. Yeah, I was hot this morning outside planting flowers with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> There's my hot girl summer right there. Yikes. And now I'm back inside and not trying to go back outside because mm-hmm. it's hot. Exactly. You got to get out and get in and get out when it's hot like this. Oh my God, I hate so. I saw Tyler. Who's the guy? Okay, so the guy from Everybody Hates Chris, um, the the guy that played actual Chris. Um, oh yeah. I follow him on Twitter, and on Twitter, I think it was yesterday, he was talking about how like 
you know, we've been duped because when we were younger, like we used to love summer. And now it's just like summer is the wackest season ever. <laughs> it's just, it's hot. It's a lot of bugs. Like, and I'm not a fan of bugs and I'm mosquitoes and stuff as we've already, you know, stated or whatever. So I don't know. I've just always, like I'm it. a fall person. I love fall. I think I'm a spring person, to be honest. Um, See, spring, I don't know. Spring's always been okay to me or whatever. But again, that's like when the bees start coming out and there's like a bunch of like just pollen all over the place and my yeah, eyes are dry. Yes, yeah, you have my eyes are dry and stuff. So spring is, it's fine. Like I'm glad that it's getting warmer and stuff, but mm, I hate pollen. So fall mm. is perfect for me. Like I like the leaves, the changing of colors, you know, pumpkins are like, going to fairs and doing you know like fall like activities like I like sweaters and boots and you know all of that stuff so fall is fall is my season summer's too much for me so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm probably like not having a hot girl summer I'm just I don't know the, the closest I'll get to a hot girl summer I'll be watching Lil Kim and them on their on their right. yacht and I'll be having a hot girl summer vicariously through them I just want to be like, rich enough to like move with the season so like if it's summer here and i hate it i can just get up and go somewhere where it's not summer because you know in some right. countries i mean in some countries it's winter right now because they're on like the polar opposite part of the planet right or at least i mean at the very least it's not like stupid hot outside like right. i mean especially in the south you open up the door and the heat just goes down your Hits throat you and face. grabs the breath out of your lungs and i'm like I, I every time i open the door i'm just like i do not like summer I don't, I don't want to. Don't, please don't make me go outside. <laughs> and then people want to do things. And uh -uh. Like this weekend is my family reunion and we're going to be outside. And the only thing I could think about is that I don't like eating outside. I don't like flies flying around my food and it's hot. And I know I shouldn't be this way because I spent so much time outside as a kid. Like I grew up in the country. Mm -hmm. We rode dirt bikes and go-karts and did all of that stuff or whatever growing up. And But now I'm like, uh, I think I had my feel of summer as, as a kid. Yeah, I Like I'm my feel it. of being outside. So I'm good. I'm definitely over it. <laughs> just don't make me go outside. Don't make me socialize. Don't make me do any of those things. I'm done. I just, I just want to be home. Exactly. I want to hibernate in the summer instead of hibernating in the winter. That's not bad. That that could that's your golden that's golden girl summer right there. You know what the golden girls were doing? They were inside throwing their shade mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just hanging out and doing what they were doing. The golden girls weren't outside doing no, all they this were. stuff. Blanche took her conquest in the house. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. The so house. she had a man. Blanche is the original hot girl. So she if is. you know what Blanche is doing, then you're good. She exactly is the original hot girl. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for my recaps. We are awful. We are. We are awful human beings. Um, a lot of things are happening. I'm going to start with, I don't know what I'm going to start. I'm just going to start somewhere and then go. Um, so the new trailer for the next Jumanji movie dropped this week, which I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but like I really was not comfortable. I'm not comfortable with anybody touching any Robin Williams properties because he holds a very special place in my heart and I just... Nobody can fill that hole that, mm -hmm. you know, Robin Williams occupies. Um, so when they said they were doing Jumanji, I was like, there's no way this is going to be good. And then I watched it and was and like, I enjoyed it. holy crap, this is actually yeah. really, really good. I enjoyed it too. I wasn't expecting that, you know, but it was good. <laughs> it was so good. Um, so they're coming out with the second one because the first one did phenomenal. I think word of mouth really helped that movie because I don't think... I don't think it was super busy like the first weekend, but like, or like the first couple of days, mm -hmm. but then people started telling other Talking people about how like it legitimately was. it's actually really, really good. 
Like, I think I watched it on a random off day and I had nothing better to do. And I was like, holy crap, this movie is really, really good. So in the first movie, you know, Jumanji, there's the game. It's a board game. And Robin Williams' character, like 30 years in the past, gets stuck in the game. Because what happens is, is whatever's on the little cards in the game, it's kind of like Monopoly or the Game of Life. Um, whatever happens on the little card ends up happening in real life. So, like, there's mm-hmm. animals coming out of the woodwork and the stampede. And it, it basically turns, like, whatever city this game, the movie was in, into the Jungle Book, basically. Um, so he gets stuck. And then some kids later find the game. Um, they hear stories about this kid who disappeared, who's Robin Williams' character. Um, and they start playing the game next. And... Basically, all hell breaks loose, and they have to finish the game for everybody to get, you know, out of the game, basically. So, in the remake that came out with The Rock and Kevin Hart and Jack Black and Karen Gillian from uh, the MCU, um, it's a video game now, and it's a bunch of kids that go to the same school together. They don't really talk. One's a jock, one's the pretty girl, one's like the the outcast girl, and then one's like the nerd. Yeah. And they play this video game and they get stuck. But like, they end up not being the characters. Yeah, their that avatars they are, in real are life. completely different from who they actually are. So like, Jack Black is like the pretty girl. The pretty girl. And the like nerdy girl is the super pretty one. <laughs> and so Jack Black plays the pretty girl so well. It's really it's ridiculous. Like, eh. He teaches her how to walk it. Like, it's just so much fun, this game, <sighs> this, like, movie is. I wish they would actually make it a game. But, um... I love The Rock and Kevin Hart together, too. I do, too. Like, they just, they make such a good duo. They play off of each other so well. It's not just, like, the big guy, little guy thing or whatever. But, I mean, their personalities just, they mesh. You should check their Instagram, because they are always straight talking They are always dragging each other. Each other. <laughs> I love it. So, like, this is really their friendship of them, right? Like, anything you see of them on the screen, even in the movie Central Intelligence, of them going at each other, like, they do that in real life all the time. All the time, and it's hilarious. Um, So, in this movie, uh, I guess the the nerdy kid puts the game back together because they destroyed it at the end of the movie, and they he ends up in the game, so his friends have to go find him. But now you add Danny DeVito and Donald Glover to the mix, as like some random old dudes and now they're oh in the gosh. game too so <laughs> oh instead God. of the rock being the nerdy dude the rock is danny devito now <laughs> so now you've got like the main characters you know the rock uh kevin hart uh karen gillen and jack black now they're playing different people than they were in the first movie and mm-hmm. i expect all kinds of shenanigans kevin hart is i think kevin hart ends up being danny devito's character so now danny devito has to like I mean, not Danny DeVito, um, ends up being, what's a guy's name? Donald Glover's character, basically. Mm-hmm. So now he has to reconcile with being, like, a shorter dude. <laughs> and it just looks like it's going to be hilarious. And they could keep, this is such a good concept that they could keep going to where they have those four in-game avatars being different people every single time. And it'll just be gold. Like that's I, a good idea, though. I'm super like, and I, I never really would even thought about that. But yeah, I'm like, you could switch them out, and they. I mean, because really, that's all they are: are avatars. They're not exactly. actual people, so um, they can be whoever they want to be. Exactly, it's perfect. I love this is this is a type of remake or reboot that I love because it takes the original concept of it and mm-hmm. expands on it and makes it something new and fun and interesting. Um, there's not a lot of remakes that I've liked because it's literally just like I'm doing a shot for shot remake of the original movie. Like there's right. rumors going around about doing a um, 
a nightmare before Christmas and I just want to fight. <laughs> because it doesn't really serve a purpose then. Don't do it. Unless yeah. I do have a great concept. Because if you do, you could just go back and just watch the original one that came out. That. I do have a great concept for like a sequel to it, to The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. But I'm not get, letting anybody take my idea. Don't give it but away. If Tim Burton or anybody wants to give me a call, I definitely have a great <laughs> idea for a sequel to The Nightmare Before Christmas. Like I could make it a whole series like Jumanji if I wanted to. Um, so anyways... Um, it looks really, really good. You should definitely check out the trailer. It's hilarious. Um, you should definitely check out the movie later as well, because I think it's going to be just as much fun, if not more fun than the first movie was. Um, so yes, this is a reboot I like. I'm giving it my stamp of approval. Uh, so definitely go check that out. Um, there's a lot of trailers that dropped this week, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. so second thing I got is this week, um, today is the fourth. In two days, it'll be Phyllis Hyman's birthday. Um, she is an R&B singer from the 80s slash early 90s. Um, yeah. She passed away in 1995. Um, and her birthday is in two days. And I just want to give you know her her props. I was not introduced to her until a few years ago. And then like I started listening to her music and was like, oh, my God, why have I not She's been amazing. listening yeah. to her music? And really underrated, you know, my entire life. So did I tell you we're related? You did not. So I was, so cool. I was at a Thanksgiving dinner at my grandmother's house, um, my paternal grandmother, um, so my dad's mom, and we were like setting the table or doing something like that, and it might have been like the day before after Thanksgiving, and somebody else in the family was there, and they were like, you know, she looks like Phyllis Hyman, and I was like, who are you talking about? Um, talking about me looking like her. I, eh, a little. I could see it, but like. I could see that. We're distant cousins. Um. And so they were talking. I was like, I have no idea who this Phyllis Hyman character is. And so my stepmother, Teresa, and all the family just kind of looked at me like, how do you not know who Phyllis Hyman is? I was like, I don't. Sorry, unless I have been exposed to her before now, then like I wouldn't know that she exists. So my grandmother was like, yeah, she's your cousin. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you like you have a cousin named Phyllis Hyman who is related to you. Wow. Um, my grandmother, her maiden name is Hyman and Phyllis Hyman's dad is my grandmother's uncle so like their cousins or something like that Mm -hmm. it sounds weird the the family tree connection thing like i can see it but i can't see it if that makes sense but yeah they're distant cousins um and i was like i never knew this so of course you know you first of all you tell me i look like somebody i'm gonna go down a youtube rabbit hole and then you tell me i'm related to her and she's a singer which is like the thing that I've always wanted to be in my entire life. Like, how did I not know this person? Um, so down the rabbit hole I went, there's an entire um, episode. I want to say it was like an unsung episode or something like that they might have done about her. Or a, a show similar to that that was on YouTube. And so I watched it. And then my grandmother was like, what are you watching? I was like, I'm watching this thing about this cousin that you never told me that I had. That's crazy. Um, and so oh my we and started watching it together. Um, but her music is amazing. She has this like, to me, she was like the Tony Braxton before Tony Braxton. Because she's got this really deep, uh, distinctive sultry, voice. Yeah. distinctive voice that's like, you know, when you think about a woman's voice, you think of it being slightly higher pitched than, you know, all that stuff. But like, her voice is like deep and smooth and buttery and it's beautiful and her music is amazing. And so I just wanted to shout out my cousin, whom I never got to meet, 
But uh, I just wanted to give her a little shout out because I love music and I love black women in music as well. So I just wanted to give her her due. Not a lot of people talk about her. Um, what is your child doing? Uh, that's Demetrius. He's <laughs> we have we have termite damage on the oh, side no! of our house, and so he's literally like trying to bang out that stuff. So I mean, I know it's gonna be in the background. But, oh no, it's fine. I can work yeah, with it. There's nothing we can do about it. You no, know, it's fine. It's okay. It's all good. Um. So, one of the things that I did today, I think I don't know if I mentioned it earlier when you were asking how my day was. Uh, Tessa Thompson, one of uh, our favorite people in the entire world, mm-hmm. uh, was on this week's episode of Drunk History playing Eartha Kitt. Now, have you I ever, know you told me about that. I haven't watched it. <laughs> have you ever watched an episode of Drunk History? I have. Okay, so for those of you who don't know what Drunk History is, Drunk History is a show that's on. What network is it on? I can't think about it right now. I don't know. Anyways, Brain I'll find is it. drawing a blank. Exactly. Happens all the time. So Drunk History is a show, and the premise of the show is uh, there's a person that's like the host of the show, and they interview a person, and they basically have this person tell the story of another famous person in history's life. Is it Comedy Central? I believe it is Comedy Central. It's not, I know it's not like a history channel. I think it's, a com- it's a comedy channel. Maybe Comedy Central. Because it's funny. Um, so that makes sense. Um so while this person is telling the history of this particular famous historical figure, um, they're drinking. Everybody's drinking. Like, that's the point, because it's called drunk history. Mm-hmm. So, you know, think about how you tell a story when you're drunk and how it gets super exaggerated and super ridiculous. And, like, for us, there's probably fits of giggling um, and incoherent babbling and all that other fun stuff. And that's basically what happens on the show. So, like, a, a person is drunkenly telling the history of whatever. The Lin-Manuel episode where he's doing the story of Alexander Hamilton is great. Um, That's definitely one that I recommend. Crystal from The Read does a couple of episodes. She Uh actually does one where um, she tells the story of Marsha P. Johnson who started the Stonewall Riot. Um, That one was good. I saw that. That one was really, really good. Um, And so, so on one hand, you've got this person drunkenly telling the history. And then as a second layer of the show... You have famous people uh, reenacting what actually happened in history, and a lot of times right. they pick, you know. But the, the dialogue that they're using is like funny as heck, though. Well, the dialogue that they're using in the reenactment is whatever exact words that person is using, like as they are telling the story. So, yeah. like if you're drunk and giggling and you know making up words and stuff like that, like the person that that person is playing is doing, it's really fun. You have to watch it to kind of get it. If I'm if I'm not making it very clear, but it's absolutely hilarious which i did not know that in the storytelling of eartha kit the person that they've got to drunkenly tell the story of eartha kit is nicole byer from nailed it on netflix oh i love her is hilarious she is hilarious and she's even more hilarious when she's drunk like literally at one point she has like a glass of white wine and like <laughs> you're only supposed to put like six ounces of six to eight ounces of wine in the glass she probably filled it up uh, it was to the brim, and she was like, hold on. <laughs> she literally, like, poured the glass of wine and then sat down on the couch and was like, hold on, let me get drunk, and chugged the entire glass of wine. And I was like, okay. Oh. <laughs> so this is what we're doing. There was one point she was screaming about pizza. So she's telling the story of, she starts off with first Eartha Kitt, Tessa Thompson being Catwoman and how revolutionary that was. Mm-hmm. And then she was talking about when she went to the White House, uh, during Lyndon B. Johnson's presidency. 
and how she met uh, the wife, Lady Bird Johnson, and mm-hmm. they were having a um, like a, a women's luncheon at the White House, and you know, they it was basically just a bunch of white women patting themselves on the back for doing nothing, pretty much. Uh, and so Eartha Kitt got up and was like, y'all aren't really doing anything. And if you know Eartha, you know she pulls no punches Straight about up. anything whatsoever. So the story goes is that Lady Bird Johnson like called the FBI or the CIA or whichever organization you call to try to find a whole bunch of dirt on Eartha Kitt and destroyed her career for a while because she couldn't find work in the United States for a little while after that. And then basically like the story of her come back into the public eye and being, you know, the Eartha Kitt that we know and love. Yeah, that's she was like see, never. Like, she was stuff. She was never invited back to the White House after that point. Um, they like the FBI or the CIA or whichever organization like went around uh, talking to her past like love interest and stuff like that. <laughs> wow! And she was talking of like Nicole Byer was talking about how like all of her love and like trying to find dirt on her basically and like to prove that she wasn't as good of a person. And all of them were like, "No, she's crazy," and she's like. You know, she really loves sex, but I have nothing else bad to say about her. Like, everybody said the same. (laughs) Eartha Kid, I mean, she lived a life. Like, she was living. (laughs) She lived a very great life. And I'm not going to mention the one story. (laughs) The one story that everybody knows about her that they love to talk about. But I will never forget, and I think we talked about this in the last episode since we were talking about sitcoms. Jackie Harry on Twitter a couple weeks like a couple months ago. Oh man. Like I just I can't even wrap my mind around that. Somebody can't imagine her slapping her. Somebody randomly was like, name a situation where like you had an altercation or something like that with another celebrity. And Jackie Harry was like, Eartha Clit Eartha Kit slapped the crap out of me one day. She was (laughs) mad. She was mad. Because she thought I was slept with her boyfriend, which I was, but I didn't know he was in a relationship with somebody at the time. And I'm just like, oh, to be a fly on the wall with the I just can't even imagine how that goes because both of them are so funny to me. And both of them just say whatever's in their mind, like just comes right out of their mouth. Like, oh, to be a fly on the wall when that was going down. <laughs> I like, and the thing is, the funny thing about it is, you can totally see that happening. You can totally see Eartha Kid walking up to somebody, not even saying a word, just slapping just the crap out, the of out of them, <laughs> and then just standing there like, "So what you gonna do now?" Like, right, Eartha, I, I mean, who's gonna check Eartha? Like, she's Eartha Kid. You can't do anything back to her. You really can't, because I mean, you're just gonna be scrapping with Eartha Kid, and you're gonna be <laughs> beat because she's right. probably going to win. <laughs> oh man. But, she would have been a fun interview. Like that's one person yeah. that I that I'm like, man, I wish she was. I wish she was still around. That would have been a person I would have loved to interview because I mean, she just seems like fun. As long as you don't ask her a stupid question, because she gonna make fun of you if you ask her a stupid question. You know who kind of reminds me of her in terms of like their attitude and kind of their outlook on things. Are you gonna say Rihanna? Yes. Mm-hmm. She. I mean, when I watch videos of like when I look at old interviews of Eartha Kitt and stuff, and I look at Rihanna now or whatever, it's so much parallel there. It is because Rihanna. She's just living life on her own terms. Like, if a reporter asks her something stupid, like, she will check them in a heartbeat. You know? Like, she's just, she's straight up. She's real. She's, she she just gives people exactly who she is. Exactly. My favorite, like, little clip of Rihanna is when somebody asks her, like, on a red carpet for something. She's like, what are you looking for in a man? And Rihanna's like, first of all, I ain't looking for a man. I'm not looking for a man. Let's start there. (laughs) 
and you I know love her. now she's dating like a billionaire. So you know, sometimes mm. not looking is a good thing. Um, but yeah, I can totally see the parallels between. Oh, the two of them together would be hilarious. Oh my God, Eartha Kitt would love her some Rihanna. Yes, love. that would be great. Oh, I love uh, it. So yeah, um, definitely check out. And Tessa Thompson played it so well. Tessa Thompson is gorgeous. Um, and I she can totally is. see why they picked her to be Eartha Kitt. Um, and she did a phenomenal job doing it. So you got to check that out. I know it's on demand. It's probably somewhere on the internet. Do your Googles. That is all. And last but certainly not least, this is my favorite, favorite, favorite thing. Like I about cried when I read this news. So going back to not liking remakes and such and such, I have not really been a huge fan of these Disney remakes, Aladdin and Dumbo and all those things. I saw Dumbo. It was like snooze fest. Um, Beauty and the Beast, I don't understand why they cast somebody that doesn't really sing. Because as much as I love Emma Watson, um, she's not a singer. So why are Genesis you casting her? Genesis fell asleep on Beauty and the Beast. So Why did you cast her in a role where she's going to be <laughs> a character that sings? I do not understand. Yeah, that, that was a drag. Like, I mean, I took Genesis and she literally fell asleep in the movie theaters. And she never falls asleep on movies. I refuse to watch it. Like, I just can't. I can't. I'm like, only, that's the only reason I took her. I wasn't interested. But, you know, right. you got kids. You, you do you do the thing. Right. I'm only like mildly interested in this Lion King reboot. And like, that's saying something for me because I was obsessed. I'm still obsessed with the Lion King. The stage play is phenomenal and made me cry twice. In the first act of the I movie. am interested in the Lion King one. And I think it's just more just curiosity. I'll like, watch it. how is this all going to play out? Right. I'll you know? watch it, but I'm not like, oh my God, I have to see it like opening weekend. I'll see it when I see it. Basically. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not going opening weekend. Um, But, 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 but. So they're doing a live action Little Mermaid, which again, I'm just kind of I like, didn't care about until now. <laughs> please stop. Until like right now? Well, I mean, until I heard what you heard until okay. the news. So I knew they were coming out with one and I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. Um, but they... And there's been rumors about who's going to play Ursula. I believe it's Melissa McCarthy. And I'm just kind of like, well, she's great and all, but she's whatever. Um, that's kind of my answer to everything when it comes to these Disney remakes. It's just kind of like, eh, that's fine, I guess. Um, but then yesterday I heard the news that uh, Halle Bailey from Chloe and Halle is playing Ariel. And I about died. Look, I text, literally my text message threads was to all of my best friends, Oh my God, Hallie is Ariel. Yes. Oh my God. Like five or six text messages to different people saying, Oh my God, Hallie Bailey. Yeah. Is and Ariel. I saw your text message like right after I saw it online. And me, not even. Well, when I first saw the like the link for the news thing, I mm -hmm. thought it said Holly Berry. And I was That's so what confused. Everybody did. Like <laughs> I was like, this doesn't make like I like Halle Berry, but that doesn't make any sense. Like Ariel's like a teenager. Like And then I saw Hallie Hallie Bailey and I'm like Oh, okay. This makes perfect sense because she's amazing. She, like, first she's of like, all, her and Chloe are like Beyonce's little like music daughters. Exactly. And so, if you don't know who Chloe and Halle are, Chloe and Halle are uh, two sisters. Um, they have been doing music pretty much out of the womb because um, I believe their father is like a producer or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, they had a YouTube channel where they did covers of songs for a very, 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 very long time. Like at least four or five years, I've heard their names kind of just like circulating around. Um, and then Beyonce discovered them and that was that. Um, so they uh, are signed to her label, Parkwood Entertainment. Um, they came out with an album last year called The Kids Are All Right. 
which is amazing. It is um, great. It's one of my top albums of 2018. Um, still something in heavy rotation in 2019. Um, they're on Grownish. Uh, they are. I don't think they play twins. Do they play twins on Grownish? Like they're not actually twins. A lot of people thought they were twins for a while. No, I, I don't think they play twins. Okay, so they're sisters on Grownish at least. Um, and I mean, literally, she's the sweet and innocent and just gorgeous one. I mean, they're both gorgeous. Um, but like one hat kind of has that like femme fatale vibe and the other one's just like sweet, innocent and, you know. Yeah, and that's how she, I mean, she literally right. seems like a Disney princess. She does. She totally does. Um, I love their music. Like if you don't know who she is, please just Google Chloe and Hallie. Just, just do it and listen to them sing and then shut up. <laughs> like, cause the girl's voice is heavenly. Like literally Let's just go ahead and get the soundtrack rolling and then just directly into my veins, please. Because I can sit there and listen to these two girls sing. Oh, my gosh. When she does day. Part of Your World, oh, that that's going to be amazing. I, that was the first thing that I thought about. I was just like, I am going to die. It, like, this movie is going to kill me and send me straight to heaven. Because her voice, like, I just, I just cannot wait. Like, I have never... I don't think that I've ever been excited about a casting for a thing ever in my life, unless you guys decide to cast Chris Evans as Hercules, which I know you're not going to do that, but that's fine. Right. Um, but, but it's so, it's such a perfect casting though. And I just, is. I hope that she's able to actually like soak in, because it's such a big thing for her too and for her is. career. You know, I hope she's able to just soak it in and actually love it and appreciate it despite mm-hmm. all the hate and stuff that's already coming her way because you guys already know. I mean, if you guys don't know what she looks like, she is black um, yeah. and she has dreads and that has a lot of white people in their feelings mm-hmm. as though there aren't 50 billion white mm-hmm. Disney mm-hmm. princesses mm-hmm. and leading characters and all of that stuff, you know? Um, but she's going to do a great job. And like I said, all you have to do is hear her voice and everything that you have to say about her being Ariel becomes irrelevant. Like it, she's it. She's Ariel. She's black. I hope they just dye her dreads red. Like, please don't put her in a wig. I hope not. What I know what you're going to do is you're they not even going to hire... put people in them party city wigs. And right, I'm like, gonna you better have her with no party city wig. They're going to put her in a party city wig because they're not going to want to spend the money to get a black hairdresser or somebody that can take care of black hair. Just, mm-hmm. There's pictures of her where she dyed her dreads red. red and it looks gorgeous. Like, do that. Um, but I cannot wait. At this point, I don't even care who else is in the movie. Yeah, I'm there for her. I do not care. I am going to be there like day one, but I'm probably going to wait until like the 10 p.m. showings when all the little kitties go to sleep. But I am there. Front row center. Maybe not front row. Somewhere in the middle probably. But I I will see this movie multiple times just so I can sit there and listen to her sing. Yes. That's the only reason why I'm going. I'm going to see Halle Bailey sing as Ariel multiple times. That's what I'm going for. I really don't care who else is in the movie at this point. Like, you... Yeah, they got me. I mean, they didn't have me before. I didn't care, but I'm I'm in now. (laughs) And and see, this is why casting is... Casting people is so important. And this is why casting people... Like, stepping out of the box and letting people that are not just white, blonde hair, blue eyes into the role all the time is so beneficial because... This is going to open up this movie to so many more people that probably are just on the fence of seeing it or just like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't care. There are so many people now that are just like, sold. 
give it to me tomorrow. Like, our hype about it now, we'll be hype about it from now. I think they don't start shooting until the beginning of next year. So who will be hype about it? Who will be hype about seeing pictures from the set? And who will, like, it's it's going to be Black Panther for Disney movies, basically. And I know people are going to be like, uh, no, you're joking. But, like, nobody expected Black Panther to be as big as it was. I guarantee you this movie. And it was massive. This is going to be a big, this is going to be a big deal. It's, it's going to be huge, which means you, so now you can do one of two things that I've seen. You can go the Black Panther route where you cast a lot of black actors in the role of like Triton and her sister and, you know, I mean, her sisters and all the other stuff, which would be great. Mm -hmm. Or you can go the Rodgers and Hammerstein, Brandy, Cinderella role where you just cast everybody of all colors and say right. i don't care if it doesn't make sense we're doing it <laughs> like because and it was fine like right it's fine. the prince was uh asian and his mom was whoopi goldberg and his dad was some i can't white remember guy. what the guy's name but some white dude <laughs> and brandy was a black princess and nobody cared they were, and then it's brandy, great it's fine it's brandy's fine. brandy's stepmama was white her stepsister one of them was white one of them was black they just said, screw it, we're just putting people in the role, and nobody cared. <laughs> and that movie was great. And the god, the fairy godmother was Whitney Houston, and you can never go wrong casting Whitney Houston in anything. Right. So, oh, so amazing. It's going to be great. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Honestly, the rest of the movie could be crap, but her sing is going to be on point, and that's all I care about. <laughs> that's it right there. And she looks gorgeous, and she's going to be a beautiful Ariel, and there's going to be an entire generation of black kids who grow up with Ariel being black. I know, I'm so excited. Like, it makes me excited because the, the kids are excited to see it now, because they were like, oh my god, look at her, she's so pretty. She is gorgeous. They call her the girl from the Beyonce group. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. I'm like, I, I guess, y'all. I'm like, they're like, like they're their own separate thing. They really Outside are. of Beyonce. <laughs> I mean, and and those two girls are super talented. They like, they write and produce all of their stuff. Like people Mm -hmm. ask them, like, who's the person that engineered this song? It's like, we did. Like they write, produce. uh, I think Hallie is the one that plays guitar and her sister Chloe plays piano. And they play and do all the background vocals and record all of their music by themselves. Yep. All of it. She, that girl's got more talent in her pinky finger than I probably do in my entire body. I cannot wait. <laughs> like, hype. Um, so, yeah, this will be one of the uh, Disney remake, reboot things that they're doing that I'm 150,000% here for. So, good job, Disney. Let's keep it up. Yay! So, for today's topic, we are talking about, we're still continuing our overall season arc, talking about the 80s. And we want to really spend time today just talking about how did the 80s show up in pop culture today. You know, I think it's really interesting when you think about nostalgic based things, probably over the last 10 years or so, mm-hmm. most of it comes from the eighties and the nineties. Um, you don't really see a lot of that seventies and sixties influence on nostalgia today. Not as much. No. Why, why do like you think that's the pockets. case though? Um, I think because I think it's because we're, our generation is in that sweet spot currently. Mm-hmm. Like, we are the ones that are starting to move the way entertainment, you know, is brought about. So, you know, we're the ones that are becoming like, you know, our own producers and our own video directors. And, you know, what we have to pull from is the eighties and nineties, because that's the era that we grew up in. So 
of course, we're going to pay homage to the things that raised us and helped us become who we are. Um, you know, it's kind of like the old guard of entertainment are kind of just falling away a little bit. Um, a mm -hmm. lot of them are still in power, but like not necessarily in the forefront. But now it's like our generation and the people a little bit younger than us and a little bit older than us that are the ones that you see on TV. They're the ones that you see on, you know, directing music videos and directing movies and stuff like that. Like it's getting to a point where more of the people that are on TV are our age. You know, when yeah. you were in the 80s or 90s, you know, everybody was older than us. Like everybody was already in their 20s and 30s and you know, early 40s and, you know, out there doing things. But now, you know, time goes on and it's us out here doing all the work. And the right. ones that, you know, moving what we want to see. Like, the things you see on TV have changed so much from now to the 80s, you know. Everything has changed. So and we really were the ones that kind of facilitated a lot of that change. Right. You know, like the way that we consume content and stuff, because you think about it, it's the millennial generation, like our generation that built up mm -hmm. social media and, exactly. you know, all of that good stuff or whatever. And I think so many things are targeted towards us now. Like we, mm -hmm. <laughs> me and Demetrius were laughing because we were in the car and we had turned to what would usually be like the old, you know, the quote unquote, like old people station. And, and now they play like, now. you know, Biggie and Pac and mm -hmm. stuff from like the 80s and everything. And I'm like, we're that target market now. Like, exactly. We're, we're who they're going for. Exactly. Like, like I was saying earlier, you know, we're all adults now, so we have money. So mm -hmm. we are able to put our money where our mouth is when it comes to, you know, what it is we want to see. And what I want to see is stuff that made me happy when I was yeah. 15, 16, 17. So I still go to see the Backstreet Boys in concert. Yeah, they're, you know, one of them is approaching 50 at this point, And I'm still going to go see them because I've been listening because to the Backstreet Boys since I was 10. Yeah. Like. I don't really listen to a lot of like the newer artists now because I just don't. It's not that they're bad or anything like that. I just but don't you just don't have that connection with them. with them, exactly. I don't connect to them, and it's just that's that's not for me. That's not their music is not targeted to me. So right, I pay for what I like. Yeah, and I think you know, especially kind of focusing on the '80s and stuff. They had such a big influence on music and everything in general. You know what I'm saying? And especially a lot of the music that we grew up on in the 90s and the 2000s, they borrowed from that era so much. Mm -hmm. Like you had the first time that people were really using like, you know, like synth and electronica and kind of experimenting with those sounds or whatever. And you still hear a lot of that stuff today Absolutely. in music today. So you've got, um, there's one band that I like a whole lot or whatever called The Midnight. And that's pretty much like their, their marketing, their packaging. I don't think I've ever actually seen these people before. So I don't know if they're kind of like daft punky where they don't reveal who they are or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole thing, they had like a whole album that just came out or whatever. And it was just talking about being kids and growing up. And e that's what each song is about. But it's got that really heavy 80s synth sound to it. Mm -hmm. And they're super popular right now. I, like people are loving I've them. Listen to one of their albums before. Yeah. They had an album that came out recently. And I mean, it's it's something that you can actually like put on and like just leave it on and let it just jam. Like the songs flow right into one another or whatever. Like they're great. Um, but there are so many people and younger people, especially like even the generation behind us that really, really dig this group. Mm-hmm. I mean, and what ends up happening is, you know, this 2020-ish early, even before that 2010s kind of has its own sound and its own vibe. Mm -hmm. um, so when you go back to a sound like the 80s and the 90s that doesn't quite sound like, you know, what's being out there right now. People tend to gravitate towards it because it doesn't sound like all the stuff that they're hearing 
and it's current, um, which is why people yeah. probably love the midnight, um, which is why people loved um, Bruno Mars when he was doing the whole uh, uh, 24 karat magic vibe um, because it sounds right. so much different than everything else that's out right now, even though it's an older sound. Yeah, I mean, he put like a fresh spin on it or whatever. Like for exactly. me, Uptown Funk reminds me of Prince. It reminds me of like the time, you mm-hmm. know, and groups like that or whatever. That So he kind of pulled back to that, but then he also made it accessible for a new audience. But again, it's that influence that you exactly. see there. You see that with Bruno. You see it with like Lady Gaga. To me, when I look at her, um, just her style and her overall aesthetic and everything is very David Bowie. Is is real Madonna. You yeah. see all of those artists that came, you know, really came to rise in the 80s or whatever, kind of permeating through her. So while people feel like, you know, it's distinctive and it's new, and she is a very distinctive artist. I mean, you could tell what she she got the inspiration from there. And a lot of the artists that are big today are gonna have that inspiration. Even your Beyonces and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We talked about before how like Beyonce is so you can see the Janet Jackson influence of her in terms of how she's almost building eras right. in her career Absolutely. and how she packages together a show and stuff. You had Janet doing that, you know, back in the eighties with Rhythm Nation, exactly, where she had this whole. I mean, she created a whole like vibe in a in an era and all the videos were in black and white and it was like a theme it to the entire fits. album yeah Instead you know of, and beyonce does the same thing mm-hmm. now something very similar you know yep it's it's so fun to watch things like that come full circle because like you showed you know janet had you know the control era and she had the velvet rope era and everything it was like she put together a project from start to finish instead of you know we've talked about this before where artists aren't putting together total package albums. They're just putting together an album full of singles and slapping them on mm-hmm. there and saying that's an album where, you know, Janet and Beyonce created a theme and said this is, everything fits this one theme or this one vibe um, or else it's not a part of it. Um, yeah. And it makes things more cohesive and sound more collected and sound more um, more intentional also. Um Right. And it's a level of artistry that a lot of people just don't tap into. Anymore. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody yeah. got the attention span to create something like that. And I feel like the 80s is really when that first kind of came about. Because oh, you started definitely. that with yeah with, with Janet and with Michael. Same thing. I mean, just packaging together something that, that sounds cohesive. And really for the 80s, um, that was the a breakthrough in terms of black artistry and black creativity in a completely different way. I mean, you look at how Michael kind of broke that barrier with MTV where that was like the premier video network or whatever. And he finally, you know, his video finally ended up being played there. And then you had like walk this way, like, which was just massive, like massive in terms of just like, sales and like reach and everything massive in terms of bringing together two genres that had previously Mm -hmm. before stayed pretty separate right and like the only time that rap and hip-hop were a thing before that is with sampling when now it's you know we are doing this song together it's not just rap had finally taken and stood on its own too exactly yeah it was i love that that's still one of my favorite songs like ever Ever, it's ever, so ever. good it's so clever and like you think about now how you've got like billy ray cyrus and Lil Nas x coming together and doing stuff like really that song set the way for all these big collaborations and crossovers that you see all the like, now it's nothing to really think about two genres coming together and fusing together but that really kind of got started back then exactly i mean if we didn't have walk this way i think that we wouldn't have had like the Lincoln Parks and the Limp Biscuits of the nineties where they were merging mm-hmm. rap rock into one group. 
um, we definitely wouldn't have had Collision Course, which is the album that Jay-Z did with Linkin Park, which is dope. Um, like, we wouldn't have had those things. And then those things are now feeding into other things that are coming out now, like you were talking about the, the Lil Nas X song and Old Town Road, which yeah. I love that song so much. I love it so it's much. It's ridiculous, but I love it. And I'm sorry, but Billy Ray Cyrus didn't have to snap that hard. He didn't. He, didn't, he, didn't. <laughs> he came through on the remix and snapped. But, I mean, it's just, that's reaching out to another generation, reaching across, you know, all the lines that are supposed to divide you or whatever. He's just like, you know what? I see what this kid is doing. I mm -hmm. like what he's doing. And I want to show him that he does belong here. Exactly. So and so good. I'm sure there were a lot of people, like when they did Walk This Way, they were like, mm, mm. you know, I don't know about this or whatever. But I mean, that's Aerosmith, who, I mean, was the biggest rock band, you know, arguably at that time. And Run DMC, one of the biggest, you know, hip hop groups or whatever, them kind of seeing each other and saying, hey, Let's come together, you know, instead of exactly. us. And we can be distinctly ourselves. So it wasn't like Aerosmith was like showing up in the video with like shell toes on, trying right. to like be down or nothing. And it wasn't like, you know, Run DMC was trying to, you know, be rock stars or anything. Like they came together and were able to be themselves exactly. and create this whole new sound that nobody had really heard of before then. I love, I love the fact that it normalizes those relationships because yeah. it, we can just be ourselves, we can do our thing and try to create something new and fresh that nobody has heard before. And you see the response to it. Like, that song is one of the greatest songs of all time. And every, mm -hmm. Still. Like, everybody loves that song. If you don't love that song, something is wrong with you. But like, everybody loves Walk This Way. Like, you put it on at a bar and everybody is singing it. It doesn't matter if they're black or white or whatever. Mm -hmm. Everybody is singing that song because everybody knows the words. It's like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. Everybody know the words. Everybody's going to join in because it's customary. Right. This is what you do. Um, I think it's like really, really beautiful that we got that at that time and that it's that relationship between those two artists is still feeding into so much music that we have today. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, even the concept of a theme song, like when you just brought up the Fresh Prince, you know, that was kind of, I mean, I'm sure that there were, there were theme songs and stuff, obviously, before then. You know, you have I Love Lucy, you know, mm -hmm. other sitcoms and stuff like that. But that was like really when theme songs started to become, I feel like something that TV shows and, and network creatives really put a lot of right. thought into. Right. You know, because you had the Golden Girls, you had different things like that. And so now you've got shows where, I mean, people will tune into some things and theme songs are still a big thing. Even they now, are. today, they, even with you know, Netflix and streaming, you know, TV shows and stuff like that or it's whatever. Still, important. people people tune into the theme song. It's like the Stranger Things theme song. Like, there are people that don't watch that show that recognize that synth sound mm -hmm. and recognize that beat. And it's been parodied and memed and all of that stuff. Right. Um, and, like, with soundtracks, like, the whole Stranger Things soundtrack or whatever, like, the actual score, should I say, mm -hmm. um, it has that really synth, electronica sound or whatever is, you know, very very daft punk sounding and i think it's something about the 80s sound that you hear it a lot in soundtracks and like movie scores and stuff today mm -hmm. um because it's got kind of that otherworldly fantasy magical type vibe to it mm -hmm. so i mean i've noticed it show up in a lot of like a lot of fantasy things and you see it on a lot of uh shows and stuff like that and then you think about like guardians of the galaxy and how <laughs> how right. that brings in so much you know so much 80s pop culture and 80s songs and stuff into that narrative exactly it's everything comes full circle like everything new is old again and then everything that's old becomes new again it just continues to feed into each other yeah and you know one of the things that kind of goes full circle especially um in my opinion is fashion 
Mm-hmm. So, and I joke about this, you know, again with Demetrius all the time. Like we we live around the corner where a bunch of kids get on the bus together, and I like to ride by and just see, look at them, and just see what they're doing, how they interact, and how they look. And I swear, like they look like they just stepped straight up out of the '80s and '90s, and they really feel like they're doing something new. <laughs> and I'm like, and this is like, nah, we, we were the same stuff. Like I, there are the little boys, all of them. If they don't have the Odell Beckham hair which seems to be a thing. If they don't have that, like a bunch of the boys have flat tops. I Definitely an 80s, kind of 90s trend. thing. You know of, what I'm saying? That's like, a little it's bit crazy. of a trend that I wish would die, though. Oh, I, I never really liked flat tops. Which is fine. I mean, but I get it. Like, it's it's what they're into. <laughs> yeah, no. The kids are into it. So I'm like, do, do you, kid? Like, I'm right. not trying to see no dude my age with no flat top. Because I feel like mm-hmm. you had your chance to do that because you actually lived in the 80s and 90s when that was a thing. Like, I'm going to need for you to let that go and let the young kids have it. Do you remember the photo shoot? Um, there was, like, a set of photos that came out of Mahershala Ali a while ago, maybe sometime around the time he won his second Oscar, where he had a flat top and was dressed, like, super 80s. It looks so good on him. Now, it did look good on he, him. I mean, but he's He can walk around though. with a flat top. Not anybody else can. That man is fine. So he could do whatever for he wants no, to do. For no reason whatsoever, that man is fine. Like just It doesn't make any sense. I just... Stupid fine. What is happening? And then he just... You can just listen to him talk all day long. Yo. That's not I, what I'm supposed to be talking about. Yo. There's an interview of... I think we've talked about this before. Uh, Variety of the Hollywood Reporter does this thing called Actors on Actors. Well, they'll have yeah, Hollywood actors. Reporter. Mm-hmm. nominated for something together and they interview each other and there's one i'm fairly certain i've talked about this on the show there's one with mahershala ali and mm-hmm. uh, what is his name i want to call him michael but that's not his name david washington denzel washington's son yeah i think david. his name is david okay mm-hmm. i could sit there and listen to them talk from now until the end of eternity. Like, I'm sitting there listening. Oh, and you I, can so tell that David is Denzel, son. Yes. I'm sitting there listening, and I'm paying attention to what they're saying because they're actually having a really in-depth conversation about the movie because, you know, David was in Black Klansman, and Mahershala mm-hmm. was in, what was the one? Uh, Green Book at the time. So they were, you know, going back and forth and asking about how do you get into the role and all these other things. And, like, I'm listening because it's a fascinating conversation by two amazing actors but at the same time like both of them had very distinct very amazing voices and i'm just like please don't stop talking just, just right you can talk about anything just don't stop talking yeah <laughs> i saw a video time. one time and i watched it like and i was pretty well into the video before i realized it was on mute and i was like, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I was like <laughs> and i'm like oh shoot <laughs> let me go back and turn the sound <laughs> Because I was like, oh my God, this video is amazing. This makes so much sense. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no sound. I'm just looking at him. I was like, what is wrong with me? I mean, I had watched like five or six minutes of that video. Just no sound whatsoever. Like not even on low. I'm like, what am I doing? So yes, Mahershala Ali can wear whatever flat top, gold chain, members only jacket, whatever he wants to wear from the 80s, 90s, 
seventies, whatever he wants to wear, he could do it. But don't don't be out here thinking that you Mahershala. I'm gonna need for you not to be wearing some of this stuff. I can breathe now. <laughs> Sorry. I just had to tell my truth. <laughs> so like and then you see other people wearing stuff that's super eighties too, like the bamboo earrings are starting to come back. Um and every time I hear about bamboo earrings, I always think about round away girl. Like, I think about this song mm-hmm. in that video, but I've seen girls out with bamboo earrings, like the off-the-shoulder tops, like, uh, it reminds me of, like, Flashdance yeah. and a bunch of those movies like that where you had the sh- shoulders um, the out and stuff. The and... like they, they are. Those, those things are really comfortable. They are. I got a couple that are, like, matter of fact, I just bought one, um probably a couple of weeks ago and it's kind of like a sweatshirt mm-hmm. type thing so won't be wearing it anytime soon but it's really comfortable like if you're in the house like on the couch just chilling for a day like it is the perfect shirt and it's so soft and I love it so much but it, when I put it on I definitely think flash dance I'm like this is what this reminds me of when I wear it walking around the house recreating that thing no. mm, maybe it depends on <laughs> if I'm drunk or not <laughs> And like the biker shorts mm-hmm. that I was talking about earlier that people, like people were asking Kamora Lee about these freaking biker shorts or whatever. Like biker shorts are totally yeah, yeah, 80s. So basically, if you think about just crazy looking workout gear, that's what people are wearing today. Like people got like mesh tops on, they mm-hmm. wearing high-waisted jeans, which for me, I don't, I've never understood. I don't think, you have to have a very specific high-waisted jeans really look good on anybody do they no they don't look look because even people that i've seen that have you know what most people would consider to be a quote-unquote nice body or a nice shape or whatever like even then i'm just like you just you just look old like high-waisted jeans make you look like you're trying to be steve urkel a lot of times yeah like the shorts i can kind of dig a bit a bit more um, cause sometimes they have like really cool buttons. Like I have a pair of high waisted shorts and I like them. They have like really cool buttons and stuff like that. But the jeans, you just look like somebody's mama from the eighties getting ready to, I don't know, go do something, go wag your finger at somebody or something. Get like, off I, just, my I don't lawn. understand. <laughs> right. You're telling somebody to get off your lawn basically, but that's what people are wearing now. I mean, but all of that stuff, everybody looks like a mashup of like the eighties and the nineties right. right now, which I'm not even sure that. 80s fashion and 90s fashion are really that I different. I was about to say, go well together. But I'm like, it does not. There are some tragic. We will do a show on. There's something. There's a lot of stuff I felt like bled I, over, though. Well, definitely. You know, besides like the hair. I feel like people's hair changed a lot it in did. the 90s. But the, especially the, like probably through like 95, 96. A lot of that stuff yeah. still looked really, it was really 80s It's the me, late 90s you know? that like is what. That was when fashion started shifting. Like, yeah. Oh, this is great, or this is like an absolute tragedy. Like that, that late nineties. Jesus, I've seen some pictures. Yeah, and then it just got weird in the two thousands. I'm like, I don't know what we was wearing, but we was wearing some mess. I, I had no fashion sense for most of my life, so I don't. I, just, I was just wearing clothes. Like everybody else was doing whatever, and I'm just like, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the eighties were definitely a very, a very distinct time in fashion yeah i mean but again you see people dressing like that today so i mean there's still that still that influence there and i think it's going to be funny um 
especially as we head into like 2020 and beyond, because then that will put us 20 years away from the year 2000. So I think we're going to start to see, we, we talked about this before, how we started seeing, we're starting to see nostalgia for that period now, like with the millennium Mm -hmm. tour and with other things like that. So it'll be interesting to see through the 2020s, how that affects fashion then. Yeah. It should be, should be interesting to watch. <clears throat> yeah, and I wonder if as you get into the 2020s and you go through it, will that 80s influence start to f- that 80s and 90s influence start to kind of fade away some? Or do you think it's just kind of I think or do you think they're just such iconic decades that they're just kind of here to stay? Um I don't know if I can even accurately answer that question because I mean, we're of that generation of the 80s and 90s. So I don't think for mm-hmm. us it's going anywhere. Maybe for other people, but like that's a part of us. Like, I think it'll yeah, it'll ebb and But I feel like now it's gotten such a hold on the kids. Like I said, the kids now are so influenced by that stuff or whatever that they kind of carry a piece of that with them too. Yeah, I can see that. I think it'll. I don't know. I don't think it will fade. I think not completely away, but I think it could definitely like Mm -hmm. have its ebbs and flows where it's like, okay, now we're back for a little bit. And then we're gone again. And now we're back for a little bit. And then we're gone again. Yeah. Um, it's just all fashion trends are. It is. It's all yeah. cyclical. Yeah. That's pretty much all the fashion trends are. They just come back around. That's it. That's it. So, like, with TV, now we're seeing a whole lot of, and, you know, we talk about reboots, revivals, and stuff all the time or whatever, but we're seeing a whole lot of things that not only are kind of like the return of stuff, um, but we're also seeing things that are being spun off of 80s based things like there's a gremlins cartoon coming out that might actually be really fun and cute like i could see a gremlins cartoon totally working for kids nowadays like it's not necessarily made for us but it has that it's going to pull in some of those folks that watch the gremlins and like that stuff back during that time you know but there are also a lot of new shows out now that have that 80s influence and and i like those a lot because yeah, I mean, because you're taking that nostalgic piece to it, but you're also creating something completely different. And I think that's what I like so much about Stranger Things, because it is this big love letter to like, you know, the Goonies and to E.T. and, you know, and It and all of those things like that kind of meshed into one. You're seeing, you know, the things that they're wearing, you see them playing D&D and, you know, you look at the commercials that come on their TV and, you know, all of that stuff. And you look at how the kids interact and the things that they do and how different it is compared to how, you know, kids are nowadays or whatever. Um, so Stranger Things really works and it's become this huge phenomenon. I think a lot of it is because of that 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 80s nostalgia that's tied in there into every, you know, piece of it or whatever. And I think they do such a good job of, for the most part, some things are a little bit too overtly in your right. face for me. But for the most part, I think they do a good job of kind of just naturally interweaving that stuff into the characters' conversations and stuff. But it's also not them, because they could have just slapped some kids together and said, hey, we're going to do a Goonies yeah. remake. But this is something that's completely <clears throat> different. It's a type of story that I've never seen before. Um... And this season, like with season three, which will have been out a week by the time the podcast comes out, I'm not going to spoil a bunch of stuff, but, you know, I like how they're bringing in different characters from different mm-hmm. backgrounds and you've got, you know, black kids having a coming of age story in a sci-fi fantasy type right. story. And we don't get a chance to see we it. Really don't. That. Like a lot of our coming of age stories tend to be centered around 
a lot of pain mm-hmm. and, you know, and heartache and stuff. And that's definitely a part of, you know, the black experience and a part of the things that people well, have We don't have to through, do that all the time. I want to see more black kids running around chasing monsters and, you know, jumping into yeah. action and doing things like that because that's, that stuff is cool. And that was like kind of stuff I wanted to see when we were like, kids. And the thing is, going with like black kids in sci-fi, like a lot of times if there is a black actor in a sci-fi thing, they're typically like a color or one of the aliens. Versus, like, actually being mm-hmm. a human. So, like, we want to see more of, like, the black kids being black kids, fighting the monsters, and being the one to save the day versus just, like, being the sidekick <laughs> or anything like that. Right. Yeah, and again, that's that's what I like about Stranger Things is that you've got a couple of black characters in there. It's actually a brother and mm-hmm. sister that's in there. And both of them are, they're out smoking, they're smart, they get a chance to come up with ideas and do things, and they actually are taking an active part in the narrative um there's a comic that i've been reading for a while and sadly is getting ready to end Mm -hmm. called paper girls and paper girls is basically the girl version of stranger things so it's about these uh four girls that actually deliver Mm -hmm. newspapers it's late 80s or whatever it takes place in a small town in ohio and they actually end up running across this machine and these people from a different time and they just go on this epic wild adventure and one of the girls in the story is black um and the thing that i love about tiffany or whatever is that she really is a main player in the show. She's the one that's like, you know, hey, everybody else is like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. She's like, guys, this is what we're doing. Let's take the chance. Let's make the leap. You know, like we're a part of this epic, crazy adventure. So we're about to ride it out and make it work. And, you know, again, you get new content like that, but it also has that very, very 80s thing in there. So they, they mix in some stuff about pop culture and politics and, you know, entertainment and stuff like that at the time. And they even come forward to the future and so they run into their first like apple device interesting like they they run into our ipod and they're like what the heck is this and when somebody in the future tries to explain stuff to them like they're like so basically you have a phone that's like a little computer in your hand like that and it's so oh it's so overwhelming to them because that was something that a kid from the 80s could have never fathomed Mm -hmm. you know like i mean we couldn't even fathom that being being kids of the 90s exactly you know like we are the first generation to like not have the internet, but have the internet at the same time. Like I remember I was having a conversation mm-hmm. with my best friend again, cause I was in Raleigh for the weekend talking about how like we were the first generation to not have the internet and then have the internet in a sense of like, I remember dial up and how like if someone called the landline that was attached to the computer for you to get yeah, on you the internet, done. whatever you were doing is <laughs> not happening anymore. Um, and mm-hmm. now we've gone from that and having a desktop computer to having laptops that we can move around and having being able to do all of your business from your phone that's in your pocket. Like, that's crazy. Right. That is very crazy. Um, it is. It's so crazy. And so I love seeing those like mm-hmm. parallels and stuff in, in shows or whatever. And I mean, I think that's why. Stranger Things struck such a nerve because you had like, you know, Winona Ryder in there who, I mean, again, in the 80s was this major, huge 80s stars. And so you brought in a whole new generation of fans to kind of have like this Goonies-like adventure. But then you brought in folks like us that came, you know, that were kids in the 80s and the 90s and stuff like that, that are like, oh, you know, Winona's back. She's in this sci-fi thing. I think I'll check this out. Like for me, I'm not a, I'm not a binger, but that was like one of the first Netflix shows that I actually binged like within the span of a day. That's got, because that the first something. season was just that good. Yeah, I mean, and even this season, like, they just took it up another notch, another level or whatever as they're kind of moving into the mid-80s and you see 
you know, the kids growing up and kind of coming into their own and stuff. Um, you know, I think another show that's really good that's out now, um, is Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of, of, of Wrestling or whatever. And that was actually based on a show that came out. Was it a show or a, t- or a movie? Can't remember right now. I think it was a show that was out during the 80s or whatever. Now they brought that back um, and they still got that 80s, you know, theme with it and stuff like that. But it's really, really good. And it's telling a lot of really strong yeah. stories. Um, and then you've got Pose, you know, again, that's based on things that actually happen to people in real life. Um, but using fictional characters and it's bringing in a lot of those, you know, those eighties and nineties influences and stuff, but it's also telling a brand new, fresh and really good story, you know, we know. Yeah. And it's educating people too about, you know, that time period. Cause again, this is post is taking place during a time where we were alive, but we were too young to be able to remember some of the pressing issues and stuff that were going on. And it's telling a story from a perspective that, we could have never even imagined or exactly. dreamed or even knew of. I mean, there's so many people that never even knew. I knew that ball culture right. existed. Um, but there are so many people that never even knew that this whole world existed. I mean, period. and that's like you the know? beauty of this era and time that we're at because, you know, the internet exists. And so we have the ability to make sure these stories get told. And it's a lot easier mm-hmm. to make sure those stories get told because like borders don't separate us anymore. You know, like, we wouldn't know right. as much about ball culture back then when we were growing up because, you know, unless it was on TV or in a book, how are we going to get it? Because the internet takes forever to find right. information and all that stuff. But now... And it wasn't right. as much out there. But, yeah, but now the we're internet. way more connected and it's so much easier now. There are definitely still mm-hmm. hurdles, but it's so much easier now for people to get those stories across from the 80s and the 90s um, just because the internet and the ability to like go out and buy a camera and just shoot whatever you want to is so much more present now, yeah. which is one of the great things about it. I think that's another reason why we're seeing so many of these stories now is because the audience of entertainment is so much different than it used to be. Like you can find a good series on YouTube just as much as you can find a good series on TV or any of the streaming services. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing so many of these stories from the past in the 70s, 80s, 90s come about just because there are way more outlets to be able to have those stories be told. And the audience is there, obviously, because everybody loves Pose. Um, right. It's a beautiful you thing know, to watch. It's that, it's yep. that nostalgic thing. I mean, people want to go back and be able to see that. Like, I mean, you know, with Pose, I mean, from the first scene that came on when I saw them voguing and they were dancing to Heartbeat, I was like, oh, exactly. I'm going to love this. Like, this is, this is great, you know, and stuff like, you know, and everything. Cause I'm like, wow, I get a chance to, it's like getting a chance to step into a time machine and being able to go back Mm -hmm. for a while and experience, you know, a certain year or a certain time period through a completely different, you know, completely different lens. And it's so funny for me, like watching Stranger Things, um, there are a lot of ways that those kids are, cause at at the time or the time period that they're in now, these kids are, it started off at around 12. So they're probably about Mm -hmm. 14 now. Um, and so kind of comparing that and lining that up with how our lives were around that time, mm-hmm. there's a lot that's different, but then there was so much that was still the same yeah. too. And, you know, I kind of like being able to make those comparisons and stuff. And I like when they bring back um, things and they bring it back and do it well yeah. and make it better than what it was before. So you got like Voltron, love that on Netflix or whatever. And I remember watching the Voltron series as a kid or whatever um, and now seeing it on Netflix with, you know, and being able to take that story and put like all the technology and brand new, right. you know, brand new uh, ways of doing animation and stuff like that. So 
you know, it, it's clear they're able to tell more epic stories and stuff like that. They're mm-hmm. able to roll out those stories and things faster or whatever. And I really enjoyed the Voltron series. You know what on I Netflix. love on Netflix? She-Ra. Mm-hmm. The show is adorable. Yes. It is. I mean, and that's a whole nother thing, too, about, you know, all these animated series that they're bringing back Mm -hmm. in a different way. And again, you're introducing things that were established in the 80s and that were kind of leaked over and became a part of our childhood is establishing it for a whole new generation. Like my kids are obsessed with Mm -hmm. Voltron, you know, and that's something that I never thought like that they would even get a chance to experience. So it's kind of cool that it's a part of today's pop culture. Like every again, everything becomes new again. And it's it's great to see mm-hmm. a new generation of people enjoy the things that, like, we grew up with. It it just goes to show you that, like, no experience... Like, there's experiences we had as people that were born in the late 80s that, like, nobody else will have. But at the same time, like, mm-hmm. again, there's nothing new under the sun. Like, people are going to come right. back and enjoy the same... Our kids are going to enjoy the same things that we enjoyed. And, you know... Right. Well, kids are kids, no matter how you slice it. Even, I mean, when you take away all of the technology and the way that world has changed and stuff like that, and you put kids together, they do the Mm -hmm. same thing that kids have been doing for ever hundreds of years, probably. I don't know. You know, I mean, for at least the past 50 years or so, Exactly. you know, beautiful to watch. So I do. I love it. I love, I love seeing, and that's probably my favorite way that eighties show up in today's um, pop culture is through television and through Mm -hmm. film too. Um, Because you got so many new films that have come out in the past couple of years that are paying homage to the 80s. Like you had the Ghostbusters remake that came out. You know they're doing Um, another one, right? You've got the Top Gun movie that comes out. Are they doing another another Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters, Because Paul Rudd was all over the Mm. internet talking about how super excited he was to be in it. Which, you know, Paul Rudd don't age. It works. Yes, Paul Rudd. We we, we love a man who minds his business and don't say nothing crazy and doesn't age. He's a vampire. Him and Keanu and uh, I think it's just him and Keanu right now. <laughs> oh, and speaking of Keanu, I saw a clip. Um, I guess it's from filming right now that's going on for the um Bill and Ted uh never sequel. Seen one of those movies. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of excited about that. I haven't seen him in a mm-hmm. long time, but I mean it's got Keanu in it. So face and I, don't like it. I know. But I'll watch it because it's got Keanu and I love it so much. Um I'm gonna see the Top Gun movie because Demetrius and I love Top Gun. Top Gun. Um, feeling kind of. Mm, I haven't really seen a whole lot out there in terms of like promoting When's it. When's it coming out? I think it comes out like soon, if I'm not away. mistaken. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I feel like it comes out soon, maybe, or maybe I've got my maybe I've got my timeline mixed up or something like that. But I do know that it's definitely coming, like this year, soon. I was pretty sure it was this year. Maybe it's next year. It might be summer okay. of next year. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, because I think it was originally supposed to be this mm-hmm. year, maybe, and then they kind of pushed it back. But I mean, again, that's them tapping mm-hmm. into that eighties culture and stuff and bringing all those stories back again. Like you had the It remake, um, and that was funny because it had one of the Stranger Things kids in there. Um, Finn was in that movie, and. Uh, Atomic Blonde, um, which is actually based on I didn't on even know book, that was a remake. But when, yeah, is that, well, I don't think it's a remake. Um, it was based okay. on a book, though. But the whole Atomic Blonde story has that whole yeah. 80s storyline and stuff like that kind of going through it. Um, there's like the new Child's Play movie that's out now with Chucky or whatever. And again, that was something that's horror that was established back in the 80s. And 
there's supposed to be talk of like bringing uh freddie back and all of that stuff so i mean so much of film now is reaching back to not only the 90s but still reaching back as far as the 80s to be able to do that like they're doing another license to drive movie and um you did say you read scary stories to tell in the dark no i did right i feel like you did I read a couple of those books. Anyway, they were 80s kids books or whatever about it, just a bunch of like random, like creepy mm-hmm. stories. And now they have like a movie coming out mm. about it. Um, and I saw like a, I saw oh, like wait, a no, clip or like poster. a trailer or something from it. Yeah, and it seems I've pretty good. Poster, it looks pretty cool. Here yeah. for it. Yeah. I mean, I am, I can see, I can see where that could be a thing. But again, I, you know, I always look at stuff like that kind of through the lens of like where, whereas a Top Gun movie or something like that is kind mm-hmm. of for us. Things like that, I know that they're not necessarily right. for us. It's them kind of bringing back something old for a new generation, but also knowing that that new generation is going to be coming in with parents right. that are our age, you know? So it's kind of trying to make something for everybody. And so I kind of look at it through that whole lens or whatever. Um, what else is coming? What else? How else does 80s, you know, culture kind of tie into films right now? Uh, I mean, I think we pretty much covered the majority of it. Uh, there's definitely so much mm-hmm. to... I And then I also closed my Google Drive tab like a doofus. Um, <laughs> you know what I really love um, that came out recently was when Black Mirror did the Bandersnatch thing. Uh, did you no, try that I don't even, I'm not even really like the hugest fan of uh, Black Mirror. It's... I am not either, but when I found out that it was like, you know, again, I wanted to give it a try because I found out it was, you know, a story that was based in mm-hmm. the 80s about, you know, creating a video game and all the stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, well, that's right up the Nostalgia Podcast Alley. Let me try it out. I ended up spending like hours yeah. going through making different choices and stuff. But I mean, I think it's so cool to do something interactive. Like it was something as simple as when the character woke up and he was selecting his which cereal he was going to eat for the day. And which song he was going to listen to on his Walkman. And if he was going to take this offer or accept that offer or go to therapy or not go to therapy. And I mean, you could choose some choices that just ended like wildly. Um, I died a couple of, or the character (laughs) died a couple of times because apparently I made bad, I made bad choices. It's a choose your own adventure. Something really cool like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean that, that's so, that was just so freaking cool to me or whatever that they did that. That's probably easily the coolest thing that they've done. And it had people obsessed with it for a solid few it minutes, really did like figuring out all the different ways somebody they made did. a chart of like all the different possibilities that you could possibly like, have but you know again they tied in that 80s you know that 80s tie into it or whatever that made a lot of people want to you know want to do it adventure book still a thing i don't think i don't think i'm sure they probably are but i don't think they're as prominent as they were back in the day like hell with those things <laughs> The most recent thing I saw, which is a bit off topic, was the being Beyonce's oh, that assistant. Awesome. <laughs> that thing was awesome. Okay, guys. So there was somebody that made a whole entire entire like Twitter thread thing about all these different decisions that you make as Beyonce's mm-hmm. assistant. And decisions would just lead from one thing to the next to the next, but there would be like the smallest thing, like wrong decision you would choose and you would end up getting fired. I think one time I got fired because like I had gotten a straw or something and she said the straw cost too much money. And she fired nice. me. Like you could choose the wrong song and get fired. It was just, it was very bad, but it was also See, really this, entertaining. So that's kind of how Bandersnatch was. This is one of those things where like, I wish Beyonce was on the internet more often because I would love to see her reaction to seeing a Beyonce choose your own adventure thing. But yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's something that she probably became pretty yeah. to. But again, it would be cool if she was able to respond I, back to it. With the, 
Or if she did it herself. <laughs> wouldn't put it past her. And then she ends up getting fired wouldn't by herself. Wouldn't put it past her. So I used to cheat with the Choose Your Own Adventure books all the time. Always. Because you know you're not supposed to flip mm-hmm. through the front of, like, you're supposed to pick it and then go to the page. I would never do that. I would go to both pages to see which outcome was better. All the time. I mean, anybody that says they didn't cheat, like, you're, you you're really not telling are. the truth. Um, I love those books. So I was... I, again, I'm not a huge fan of Black Mirror, so I didn't do the Bandersnatch thing. It makes me want to go now, but it just seemed like a bit much. I get it. People love it. Yeah, you should try it. Like, it's it's a lot, and it can get, it gets really, you know, I mean, it's Black Mirror, so it gets really creepy um, and stuff at, at certain points in time. But yeah, you should try that. Like, if I could recommend anything that's like nostalgia 80s related um, as far as mm-hmm. TV, I would say do the Bandersnatch thing. I would say watch Pose, mm-hmm. of course, which I hope you guys are already watching and everything. Um, I would say check out Stranger Things. Like, it's good. It's really good. And the seasons are not super long. Most, I mean, the first season was eight episodes. Um, I think season two was like okay. maybe nine. And then this pad, this season that just came out, uh, came out recently is another eight episodes. So it's something that would be an easy catch up you know, for you or whatever. Because I think they're going to wrap up Stranger Things. I'm pretty sure the Duffer Brothers said they're going to be mm-hmm. like four and done. So it'd be a good thing to catch up on. And then Glow. Um, Glow is really good. And I think they are gearing up yeah, for season, season three. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say season three is coming sometime this fall. So it'd be cool to kind of catch up on uh, catch up on Glow and stuff too. Because I mean, all this stuff is just really, mm-hmm. it's really good. So those would be my, those would be my TV 80s showing up in pop culture today. Like definitely watch Pose though. Like recommendations. Top, top line, watch Pose. Pose is at the top. Definitely. Like, I love Stranger Things. I love other stuff like that. But Pose is it. Pose is. I mean, because I think it's just, you know, again, it's it's got that that bit of nostalgia tie in there and stuff. But then, like I said, it's yeah. telling a story from a whole other perspective. And it's telling a story that needs to be told. One that's never really been explored on TV weekly in this type of format. And they're just breaking yeah. all the rules. You know, there are people saying that, you know, this, a certain type of actor can't lead a show and, they're leading it and they're you have, you know, trans actors leading a show. Oh, well, you know, trans people don't do this. They're not really behind the scenes like that. Well, you've got trans people writing and you've got trans people, you know, directing with Janet Mock and stuff. I mean, it's just, it's changing oh, the game okay. in so many ways. Like, yeah, if you're not watching Pose, you, you're seriously missing out on Fantastic just- Fantastic television, period. Fantastic television, an excellent story, an important story. And I mean, it's just one big history lesson too. Like there are so many things that I've learned from watching this series. It's it's not even crazy. And I like to think of myself as a fairly well-informed person. Um, and I've always been kind of an open, open-hearted, open-minded person or whatever. But I mean, it has schooled me mm-hmm. in so many ways that I'm so glad now. I'm a better person because I watched oh, the yeah. show. That, it's amazing. Uh, the talent in front of and behind the camera is amazing. What they do with the music mm-hmm. is also just like, I, the, the music just knocks it out of the park every single time. Every single time. Yes. Um, so yeah, you definitely have to watch. If you don't watch anything else, watch Pose. I promise it's not going to be, like I promise you're going to love it. <clears throat> it is. I mean, it's, it's so good. I just, I love it so much. So any other ways that you think that the 80s are kind of showing up in pop culture and entertainment uh, today? I think we pretty much covered it. You know, it's mostly apparent in, you know, the the entertainment 
the media that we consume in terms of like film and TV, which I think is great. Um, I think it's beautiful that there are so many people paying homage to the 80s because um, it deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have much else just besides what we've already covered. And go watch Post. Um, and happy Independence yep. Day. I hope you guys all had a great, great holiday. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. You got anything else? Yeah, absolutely. Nope. I mean, that that's about it for me. I mean, again, if you just... When you're listening to music, when you're watching TV and stuff like that, I want you to just kind of take stop. Maybe over the next week or so, just looking at things that you flip by on TV, news that you hear and stuff like that, and just think about how much stuff you run into and take account of how much stuff you run into that has an 80s influence in it. And you'll be Mm -hmm. so surprised to see how much of today's world and the things that we're enjoying and stuff today pays homage back to the 80s. Um, And that just means that it's a decade that I think sometimes people like to poke a lot of fun at um but it's actually super influential like it was a it was groundbreaking in terms Mm -hmm. of music it was groundbreaking in terms of you know television and kind of causing a shift and stuff there um technology and everything so yeah i mean i think the 80s are great i love that it's showing up now and i can't wait to see how it continues to flow through music and fashion and tv film and all those great areas So how do you see the 80s showing up in pop culture today? Are there new movies and stuff that are coming out that we should know about that have an 80s influence? Are there bands and things you are listening to right now that are clearly paying homage to the 80s that we should maybe try to check out? Let us know on Twitter at Nostalgia Mix Pot. Use the hashtag and tell us what kinds of 80s pop culture references you're seeing permeate through today's entertainment. And I hope you guys have a wonderful couple of weeks. We cannot wait to see you next time and catch up on Pose and continue our celebration of the 80s. Take care. Bye. Bye.